Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Rangers Rabble. Before we get to the content, I would just like to let you know about a brand new sponsor that we have, Rangers Pools. For every pound that you spend, you help support the building of the new Edmiston House. And if you sign up with the code Rangers Rabble Podcast, you're also helping the podcast as well. So, Wolf, I know that you've used Rangers Pools before. I have indeed, Mark. I use it every week. I've got... Um... Two, two lines on the direct debit. Um, I play every week. It's it's very it's very easy to navigate. You just um, just go on, make yourself an account, go on to the, go on to the pools page. You can either do it weekly or as I do, just with a standing order of numbers. It's from memory. I think it's t- t- ten. The first ten number, first ten games you think are going to be scored draws in the coupon every week. But football's football's that random. I just said right. I'll just that'll be ten numbers. That'll be ten numbers. There's my, there's my two pound every week, and let's just see what happens. We'll see there you go. So it's, it's dead easy to use, and of course, if you do sign up uh, in the support of branch agency, if you just put in Rangers Rabble Podcast, you're helping support Rangers, support the building of the new Edmiston House, but you're also helping to support the Rangers Rabble Podcast. So thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy the content. Good, yeah. good evening and welcome to the Rangers Academy review number five. Uh, sorry it's been a bit of a gap since the last one, but work and football and everything else is kind of come to a bit of a halt at times, so this is my next chance to catch up with everything. Tonight we're met by the great Colin Stewart. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, William. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be I'm here. So, yeah, we're delighted been trying to chase you for a while now, so it's good to have you on finally. <laughs> yes, right, it's... It's been strange recently, you know, we're all, uh, as you can probably see, working from home these days, yeah. so it's all very strange. We'll get there, we'll get there. We will, mate. Hopefully it won't be too much longer now, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, we're going to start off with Nathan, obviously he's the kind of talk of the town, we 
taken over for James Tavernier at right back and obviously playing so well that some people are talking about him now being part of the Scotland international squad, which is a bit crazy considering only a few months ago he was really just a young kid, you know, so obviously mm-hmm. developing behind James, learning everything at the training ground and working on his, you know, the kind of attacking and defensive side of his games. How impressed have you been with Nathan from what you've seen of him so far? Yeah, well, I, I guess a bit like yourself, I, I, I've known Nathan for a few years, you know, and um, he's a lovely kid, I love the family. Um, I, I've always been impressed with his um, his determination to succeed and his application and his, and his confidence, I think, has always struck, struck me. I mean, I, I tell this story sometimes, it's a game you were at, William, over in Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that have been two years ago, pretty much a year and a half, maybe now? Yeah, you know, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if you remember the very first. It was the kickoff. The ball went straight back to to, to Nathan. He's, he's playing right back, obviously, and he was the the, the touchline is on his right hand side, and, he, and he's looking up the touchline. I think it was Kai Kennedy, maybe, uh, and he's, he's waiting to put a long ball up the, the, the touchline, and he's waiting, and, he's, and we we could see the the opposing winger, who was a big lad, a big chunk of a lad coming tearing down to close him down five, six seconds into the game. And the boy launched into a big sliding tackle and Nathan waited, waited, and then just nutmegged him. And then and then walked away. The, the, the guy's sliding off the pitch because it was a kind of wet night. And that kind of sums, sums Nathan up for me. You know, his, his confidence in the game was a European game. You know, we're playing against a decent team. It was a, there was a big lad homing down on him six, seven, eight, nine seconds into the game. And he decided, he knew what he was doing. That wasn't a fluke. You know, he, he feigned to put it up the wing, but he just nutmegged the guy. The guy's away. And he's be- and for me, that kind of sums up the confidence that Nathan has and, and certainly the ability. You know, I think, I, I don't think that's ever been in doubt, you know, but, but like any kid, you know, you know, kids need development and, uh, and they'll get that through playing. And, and Nathan's actually taken his chance just now, you know. So, um, uh, I'm personally delighted for, for Nathan. He's a lovely kid. And, uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll, he'll he'll be with us for a very long time, you know. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. I'm, well, so we're quite fortunate in that we've had some contact with some of the lads and some of the parents over the years. So you get to know the kid as well in terms of his personality and his nature. And Nathan is yeah. a really nice lad who has obviously had to work really, really hard yeah. you know, to yeah. get the opportunity. You know, he's had to sit behind James Tavernier for a long time because he's not one of these players that picks up that many injuries overall. So he's had no. to bide his moment and kind of, you know, he's waited and waited. And, you know, when his chance came, I think he's took it really well and he's not looked out of place. And I think, as we kind of said at the start, that, you know, the fact there's already some people talking about him being in the national team after whatever that is, like nine, ten first team games. Yeah. It's unusual to have that. But I think he deserves it just on the balance of how well he's played. And the fact he's done it in the big games, it's the fact mm. he's done it against Celtic, he's done it in the European stage, he's showing up well. And that just shows you, as you said earlier, how confident he is. And yeah, sure. Like, yeah. I know some people say it's arrogance, but it's not. It's just the fact that you're confident in your own ability. Yeah. And mm. you need to, even you play for Rangers, you need to be confident in your ability. Because yeah. like you're constantly being tested and everybody's looking at you for every angle. Every journalist is looking for a story to see how good or bad you are. And that's why playing for Rangers is one of the biggest tests you'll get as a young player. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I think this Scotland gig is, is, is probably a bit early for him. But, yeah. you know what, Pelly played in the World Cup finals at age 16. And, you know, I'm guessing there's a pilot. Wayne Rooney was probably playing for England at 17, 18, whatever. So if you're, if you're good enough, you're, you're old enough, as it were, you know. And, and, and certainly knowing, knowing Nathan and his, his, his confidence and his own ability, he certainly wouldn't let anyone down at, at any level, you know. And as I say, you and I have watched Nathan for a for a few years now and uh, he's a very positive kid uh, I love seeing him charge forward it's, it's the first thing on his thought is to is to go forward and, and, and put the opposition under under pressure etc and uh, uh, I love watching him play to be honest with you and and it's a great bonus that he's he's one of ours do you know I mean I, I'm kind of old enough I'm, I'm almost 20 years at the club and uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old enough to have watched a few um, players come through the academy and make it, you know, and, and certainly Nathan's position, Alan Hutton is probably the best example. He's not too dissimilar from, from Alan Hutton at the same age, you know, uh, tall, gangly, um, athletic, up and down the wing. Um, yeah, not too dissimilar, to be honest with you, you know, so hopefully, you know, fingers crossed for, for Nathan that he has uh, the same level of career that Alan had, you know, quite a few years in English Premiership. So, yeah, um, yeah, fingers crossed for Nathan. He's a lot, as I say, a lovely kid, and I, I wish him all the best, you know. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on since we've praised Nathan enough for about five and a half minutes. <laughs> He's probably going to have your ego boost me after that. <laughs> okay, just moving on, obviously, recently there's been some pictures, obviously, Rangers have obviously put on the website of Leon King and Jay Hogarth training with the first team. I think lots of people have to understand they're still only young kids, they're still only 17. Yeah. But yeah. what does that mean to like people from the outside, you know, a 17-year-old training with the first team, is that is that exciting for supporters to look at? Or is it just a matter of letting the boys like, sort of develop in their own time? Um, it's probably a bit of both, to be honest with you, William. You know, I, I think it's tremendous. I mean, I know because I've, I've watched and I've, and I've been told that each of the kids who goes around there is there on merit. He's not there because, well, let's, let's just give everybody a chance, you know. So they've obviously trained well and done well at, at, the, at the academy, you know. So certainly anyone going around, and I've spoken to one or two over the years, that, you know, what they what they bring back is, is the, if you like, the desire to go and do that again because they go back to the academy and it's it's all different again. And, you know, for, for um, you know, for Jay to go around, for example, you know, from the academy setup. And suddenly he's training with Alan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's that that must be wow. Um, I, you know, and I don't think that the boys would be overly nervous about it because they see that they're they're around the first team players all the time. You know, and the, and quite often the majority, if not all, of our sort of 16, 17, 18 year olds are Scottish, well, internationalists throughout the age groups. You know, 14, 16, 18. so they've played all over the, the, the Europe, if you like, with Rangers in the first place. And probably with Scotland as well. So they're all experienced players, like Liam going there. Liam's played for Scotland. He's played for Rangers. He's, you know, he's played against Celtic at various age groups. So going round there, um, he's, you know, he might be nervous walking rounds, you know, and sort of settling in. He's probably got a bit of humour going on with the, the, the older guys. But, but I know from experience, you know, guys like you know Jermaine Defoe and Scotty Arfield, etc. They'll talk to them and they'll coach them, Stephen Davis, you know, Tav, et cetera, the captain, you know. They'll all coach them and talk to them and give them the confidence to, that they're doing okay, et cetera. And um, I don't think anybody would ever sort of let themselves down, you know. I think all, they, all they'll do is, is, is benefit from going around there, you know. So, which is one of the reasons they go around to sort of just, because the level, I'm, not, I'm guessing I've never done it, but I can only imagine the level is just that bit higher than, 
what they're what they're doing at the academy. You know, the training might be more intense. It'll be faster. The ball will be moving quicker. I'm, I'm guessing all of this, but I'm sure it is. You know, and when and I'm quite sure. You know, if anybody going round. Once they walk off that pitch at the end, they'll be absolutely buzzing. They probably won't sleep that night, you know, and they'll be they'll be thinking of all the good things that they did, you know, playing with Steve Davis. And can you imagine Lee and a, and a bounce game at the end partnering maybe Conor Golson or Philip Hollander at Swedish International? That that's incredible experience, you know. And uh, it, again, it can only it can only benefit the boys' development going forward, you know. So again, no, two lovely kids, two lovely families, you know. No, I think that's the thing, and I think also when you look from the outside. Somebody like Leon's obviously been kind of named for the last, I don't know, like two years since he was 15. There's been so much talk about Leon. But he's genuinely a really nice lad. I mean, I've been yes. lucky enough to speak yeah. to his mum enough times. Yeah. And she's lovely, you know. And I think that people have to understand as well that the, there's a certain degree of protection around young kids, you know, especially when there's so much hype around them. And Leon, in a lot of the ways, a bit like Billy, was in the papers, you know, he's rejecting contracts, this is going on. And it was... You know, in my opinion, it was wrong. The kids should have just been left to play because that's all these boys want to do is just play. And I think now that Leon is training with the first team, as you pointed out, I mean, imagine getting to watch Connor every day, you know, watch yeah, Tav every yeah. day, Philip yeah, Palanca yeah. with Jay. Obviously, you've got Alan McGregor and you've obviously got uh, John McLaughlin. You know, so I mean, that's sure. a phenomenal yeah. amount of experience. Yeah. So I think well, for it's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah, of course, as it's massive and it's something. I mean, those two kids could still be playing under eighteen football. They could have mm-hmm. been playing today mm-hmm. against Celtic, but yeah. you know the club's made the decision to put them in the first team squad so they can work with them, develop them, improve them. And at the end of the day, that's what really matters. You know, I know we want to win every game. Of course, we do. But at the end of the day, it's you know we've got Nathan in the first team now. What's to say in the next couple of years we don't have another two or three of these kids? And that's what we all want. I mean, that's why you're doing your job, and that's why I enjoy doing the updates sure. and I enjoy watching the play. So, I mean, like to me, like, if you're a supporter of Rangers, I think it's important that we do have our own kids coming through, that we develop our own talent, because it's going to save the club money, first and foremost. Yeah, no, and we're yeah. going to have kids coming through that know what it means to pull on that jersey, because they've yeah. came to the club at a young age and they've developed to the first team. I mean, it is obviously, you know, not rocket science here. It's, it's obvious that, that that you know we 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 cannot buy fifteen million pound players anymore, yeah. and you know, and if we can have a, you know, one or two players coming through the academy into the first team uh, on a, on a yearly or maybe even every every second year, that that's the ideal scenario, you know. Uh, and we have had a few over the years. Alan McGregor's a, a, an academy kid, you know, with Charlie Adam and Alan Hutton and one or two others, you know, Barry Ferguson to come through the academy at some point, you know, so. Um, there's, there's a lot there just now, and I, I, I'm, I'm not going to name any in terms of who I think is going to be the next person because that, that's not what I'm here to do. You know, that's yeah. I'll leave all that to the guys at the academy. I, I'm on the business side at, at Ibrox, if you like. I've got nothing to do with, you know, any of the football side of the the the, 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 the club. You know, so um, but there's a, you know, just like yourself as a fan, you know, you're watching a, a, a lot of the kids. Some of the guys we've named already, and and probably one or two of the others we'll talk about in a second. You know, out on loan perhaps. There's, there's there's a lot of really top quality kids that come through the academy, and that for me that's a reflection on the tremendous job that Craig uh, Craig is and his staff have done over, I mean I'll say five years, but more than that. But certainly, there's definitely been a, a step change in the academy in terms of you know um, everything that Craig is doing now. In terms of if you if you look back when when Craig took over and 
you know, I think I think we're seeing something special happening at the, 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 at the club, you know, and some of the players you mentioned already, you know, Nathan and Leon and uh, and Jay and Nicky Hogarth as well. You know, when you mm-hmm. when you see them all, you're thinking this. I mean, in no disrespect to players from maybe maybe even ten years ago who were coming through the academy, we just seem to be that bit uh, that bit you know higher quality uh, and and quantity as well. You know and Previously, you know, you know, I mentioned I've been here twenty years. You know, you you, you would perhaps go and watch maybe the under 18s as it was then, and there, there might be one player there you would think, yeah, he'll make it. But you're kind of looking at the others and thinking, no, they're probably just making up the numbers. But you go to an under 18 team now, or Rangers game now, or a, or a development squad now, and you, and and someone will come off, and someone will come on, and there's no drop in quality of standard. You know, and you're thinking there's 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 14, 15 players in these squads who are every bit as good as each other. The, the quality now uh, is incredible, and I, and, I, and I think that's testament to the great job that Craig is doing uh, and has done over the, the you know the uh, recent years. And I, I like to think, you know, RYDC, we're doing our little bit in terms of the finance, in terms of off the field. You know, we try and provide Craig with as much finance as we can to to do what he does and. And uh, you know we we can only sit back and, and marvel at, um, at, at some of the some of the work that's going on and you know and it's in, anyone going around to our academy for example you know I'm lucky enough to to be there sometimes not, not for a while to be fair but you, you go around and our academy setup is better than some professional setups at clubs it is it just is you know when you see the setup we have at our academy um, it, it's it's impressive it, it really is and. Uh, and I think that's one of the main reasons that we are able to to now look at a lot of the the development squad and a lot of the you know the if we had a, you know a B team etc you know A teams etc you, you struggle to find a weak link you know every player is as good as each other you know and it's uh, I can remember a game we played and I, and I didn't it was James Maxwell that came on and he came on at, at left wing because James started as a winger Falkirk through the Falkirk um, setup. And he, he's obviously turned into an incredible left back, as you, as you know. But he came on at, at left wing, and he and he was tremendous. He was absolutely tremendous. And somebody whispered to me, "Well, he's actually a left back, but he's filling in." And and that just gives you it almost come back to the kind of Ajax model where players can play in, in a number of different positions because that's how good they are and how they've been developed, you know. So um, now I'm I'm hugely impressed by the work that the, the academy. Uh, Craig and his, his team are doing just now and have done for, for, for a few years now in fact you know so it's great to watch it No absolutely I mean like, even just talking about the guys that was well, just going to kind of move on to some of those guys who who are out and loan and you know it's funny you say that like a lot of the guys that are doing well now were, were part of that under 18 team that won the league and cup double <clears> and they were yeah, exceptional sure. you know when you had mm-hmm. guys like Nathan Patterson at right back, you had yeah, James Maxwell yeah. at left back, uh, Kyle McClelland, Harris O'Connor, <coughs> uh, <coughs> Kai Kennedy, Josh McPake, Dapo Mabudi. Yeah. I mean, probably forgetting yeah. some guys like Ben and guys like that, but that under 18 team was, was actually kind of scary at times when you watched them mm-hmm. because we were coming up against good opposition at under 18 level, like genuinely good teams. And yeah. you would come away from the game winning like 7 nothing, and you were thinking, didn't actually play that well, and yet we'd won yeah. seven nothing. But that was the level that team had set. Mm-hmm. So generally, when you watch that team, and it wasn't, you know, sort of going back to that word there, like the arrogance factor. We never expected to go and watch that team get beat. You know, yeah. we just expected yeah. that team would win every single okay. game. Yeah. 
So, True. seeing the odd occasion where they drop points, you come away from the game going, how did they drop points in that game when you look at the players they had? And that was just the thing. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a certain degree of, when you look at the quality, even in the current 18 squad, it's mm-hmm. very exciting. You know, we've obviously been out and we've, and we've added some new players. Obviously, mm-hmm. part of your you know, money goes towards helping these guys come in. And I think that is important that you know, people have to understand you can't always have like a loving guys that's going through the academy. You know, there's always going to be a need to add somebody here yeah. and there. Like James, usually like James come in, you know, at a time when that under eighteen team was really strong. So yeah, I remember was. when James came in on trial and you're sitting going, This kid's gonna to have to be really good to mm-hmm. even get a contract to be part of this squad because of how strong mm-hmm. it was. But then James gradually broke into the team as you said as a left winger. And yeah. he was scoring goals, he was creating goals. And then I think it was like the following year when he came back, they basically moved him into the left back position. Mm-hmm. And he's well, he's never looked back really. No, no. Um, and he's kind of one of the ones we're going to kind of have a wee chat about in terms of the loans. James has obviously been out and loan to Queen of the South this season. And I don't think people realise how tough the championship is. It's a very physical league. And it's yeah. Yeah. and this season with the quality of teams that's in it. I think James has done really well, and I think he's 100% one that possibly next season, if the club are going to look to loan him out again, might be you know, one that could go to a top-flight club. Do you think that's something that the club will look to do, potentially? Um, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't know about that, to be fair. But, I mean, I think I think talking about the Championship, you know, yeah. it's a tough league. It is a tough league. I mean, English Championship yeah. is tough. The Scottish is as well. I mean, even going down the leagues, they're all hard. They're, they're populated by a lot of professionals who've been in the premiership and are working their way down they're solid pros they maybe come up from the juniors they're hard players you know and, and and we have to remember a lot of our kids are going out there what i'm guessing one of the main reasons they're out there is is to put them into men's football and to and to get elbowed and to get pushed and to get you know shoved in by by six foot two experienced 35 year old players you know um and and you know in many cases when i, when I first saw james um, I think if I blew, he would have fallen over because he, he, he was oh, quite he very slight, do you know. And, and Nathan was, as, as well, he was very slight. But it's just part of the development. We have to remember these guys at that time, would be 15, 16 year old. They are they're, they're boys, you know. So, but then obviously development at the club, they start to fill out, and 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 the experience of playing in the championship, you know. And I, and I, I'll bet you know each of them are going home every night after every game. With aches and pains and legs, where they've been kicked and punched and bruised, and you know, and and that's all part of the development as well. Going out there to be roughed out a little bit because it's it's part of the game, you know. It, it absolutely is. But but going back very very quickly to what you said about that eighteen that eighteen squad, you know, it, I, I can remember talking to, to I can't remember, it was either Craig or Graham, I can't remember, and we were we were coming up soon against Bayern Munich, and we expected to win. Do you know, and that—that's how crazy it kind of got with with that, the development squad and the, the players that we had around that time. So, you know, that run in Europe that we had, yeah. and going up against some of the to PSV and, and and you know, and played Ajax over in Ajax, and you kind of watch and saying, "Well, we should win today." And you're forgetting who you're you're coming up against these massive European clubs. But that's the kind of standard I think that, that Rangers are now at, and then of course Alcas, etc. You know, we've you know we've certainly raised the bar, but but certainly you know talking about the, the players out on loan, you know, I I think they're all I can't think of anybody who's who's not doing well. You know, and again using that word development, you know, this is a 
a tremendous development for all of them. You know, Stephen Kelly and, and Josh down at Hargate is doing really well, scoring goals. Kai getting man of the match performances. I mean, fairly recently, uh, you know, I picked up the Sunday paper and there's a report on it was a fairly big section on, you know, Kai's game. He was, he was playing against Hearts at Tencastle uh, and set up a goal and he set up, in fact, I think he set up two. You know what? Well, that's tremendous. You know, Kai's played against Hearts at Tencastle. You know, yeah. so that that's that's the experience that you know, is is a, probably a bonus when we, we put kids out on loan. You know, you, you kind of hope they get that experience, but you you can't guarantee it sort of thing. You know, because at the end of the day, it's down to the kids to, to play well and, and, and cement their place in, in those teams, you know. So, but they're all, I, I can't think of any of them um, who you would think, oh, they're not doing too well. They're all doing incredibly well, which is, which again, I think goes back to the standards that have been set at the academy. You know, in my mind, I'd like to think that when they go into the, all the players go into the various teams, they've brought something to those clubs. And I'll bet there's one or two players in that dressing room looking at Kai and looking at Lewis and looking at James thinking, well, he does that. I'm, I'm going to do that now. You know, because we'll have brought good learning, if you like, from our academy to, to, to some of the clubs. And no disrespect to a lot of the clubs, but we have a top-class elite academy, you know, so, and, and a lot of our players have been there for a number of years, so they, they'll be taking good learning to the other clubs and, and you know, and passing on uh, tips and hints to the others, you know, so it kind of goes both ways, but it's great to watch them, isn't it? The, the, the various clubs, you know, I definitely keep an eye on all of them, you know. Yeah, I think the funniest ones was when, obviously, when Ben Williamson went to Abroth, and I thought, Dick Campbell is your manager, that's definitely going to be interesting <laughs> to see but he really seems to love Ben. He seems to love. Yeah, he yeah, does. Ben's a good kid, isn't he? Yeah. And the, there's some players that suit certain managers. And to me, Ben is exactly the type of player that Dick Campbell yeah. loves. He's aggressive. Yeah. He's hard yeah. in the tackle. He'll always give you 100%. He's committed. And what a lot of people probably don't know about Ben is he's technically a very good player. You know, he's yes, got a he lovely is. strike of a ball from distance. I mean, he's got one of the best yeah. free kicks. That I've seen anybody score at the academy. I think it was in a free free draw against Celtic, and Ben like sort of shoved a couple of the players out of the way and said, "I'm taking this," and then he just pinged it right in the stanchion, like literally in the stanchion, yeah. and he just stood there as though he knew he was going to hit it like that. And you're just thinking, yeah. "That's like a weak kind of string to his bow that maybe a lot of people yeah. haven't seen with Ben." Because yeah. he's always been known as a bit confidence, of you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. everybody's a regular in a Scottish Championship team. And to me, I think that is what the loan development's all about. Guys going out and seeing like the other side of the game. Same like as you said earlier, yeah, Nicky Hogarth out at Cowden Beef. I mean, yeah. you've got the big track yeah. round about that, you know, that yeah. path. I mean, it's not a normal football stadium, really, Cowden Beef, when you see it, you know. And then you've got building. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a culture shock, I would imagine. Yeah. The same, you know, obviously, if it's Lewis Buddenhouse, because it had to go out to like civil service strollers. But at the end of the day, he was playing week in, week out in the Lowland League. And for a goalkeeper, I think you need to be what, maybe 150 games, maybe 100, 150 games before you can mm. probably feel at that level. So you've got to go out and play a bit like Robbie's had to do it. And obviously, Kieran Wright's had to do it. Brian Kinnear's yeah, yeah, now yeah. doing it. And it's just part of the, the sort of goalkeeper union, isn't it? It takes two, three, four years. It's not like you're a you know, an outfield player, some outfield players will play for a year and then move into the first team. With goalkeepers, that's not really how it works. No, it's difficult. It's, it's definitely harder. I mean, I've 
talking to Robbie a few times, you know, and, and, and he's well aware. I mean, certainly for goalkeepers, they have that, yeah. that slightly longer career, I guess, you know, so there's not a massive panic at age 23, 24 to be in the first team at Rangers, I think, you know, so, and uh, and Robbie certainly knows that, but it, it's a different position to outfield, mm-hmm. there's no question. It's, uh, you know, a, a separate skill set, etc. I mean, nowadays, you know, you look at the top keepers, say that, you know, Man City, Liverpool, they're as good with their feet as they are with their hands these days. You know, it's all about playing the ball from the back, and 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 you kind of turn away sometimes when you see, oh God, get rid of it, get rid of it. Oh, it that's the way things are. You know, the keepers are playing balls across the six-yard box to, to defenders these days. You know, so but um, no, I, I think I think the the, the loan program has been has been really useful. You know, a wee, a wee story. I I did my B license down at. Uh, Largs and Dick Campbell was my kind of one-on-one coach, so right. I learned a few. I learned a few words uh, during those two <laughs> weeks. I'll tell you, so I know all about Dick, and uh, and good luck to Ben. You know, <laughs> I'm sure Ben is uh, was certainly harding up, put it that way. You know, oh, yeah. working working for Dick. You know, he won't let he won't let uh, allow any slackers. That's for sure. Not that not that any of our boys would. To be fair, you know, I think that's one thing that our boys will always have is application and determination and. And drive, etc. You know, so I, 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 I like to think anyway. Without physically seeing them all each week, I, I can only imagine the, the enthusiasm and drive that all of our boys are putting into it. You know, you, you won't get any lazy performances from any any Rangers player on loan. That's that's guaranteed. You know, that's that's absolutely guaranteed. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's um, it, it's it's great to see the boys out um, because obviously. Without being able to go out on loan, you know, you, you you would you would sort of wonder, well, what would they be doing this this weekend, for example, if they weren't on loan, you know? So it's been, I think, uh, I think, well done to you know the academy again for 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 arranging the, the deals with the various clubs to to get the boys playing. Um, uh, it's certainly it's certainly been a character building for each one of them, and I'm and I'm sure they would all they would all come back and say, yeah, that was good, I enjoyed that, no, I enjoyed yeah, that, absolutely. you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll just bring you up to date. I mean, if any of the guys haven't seen any of the scores so far from the under-18s, so far this season we've beaten Kilmarnock 2-1, Dundee United 2-1, a 2-0 victory against Hearts, and as we said earlier on today, Rangers drew 3-3 with Celtic. Goals from Charlie Lindsay, Ross McCausland, and Alex Lowry with a stunning free kick from what I'm told. So I'm sure if anybody... Yeah, if anybody's maybe got social media and they've got Instagram, Alex Lowry's page might be worthwhile checking out because I think he showed the free kick somewhere. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Excellent. I mean Alex has never been scared to show his, you know, his qualities when it comes to these things. So if you've got Instagram, maybe go and check Alex's page out and see his free tickets. A world day by all accounts. Okay, moving on, Alex, sort of your side of the business, you know, bringing in the money and obviously helping the academy, obviously. In the last year or so, we've seen some additions from out with the academy in terms of like the money that you give to the club. Guys like James Graham from Ross County, Tony Weston from Blackpool, Charlie Lindsay from Mullerwell. Without getting into too much detail with these guys, because clearly we've not seen a hell of a lot of them due to lockdown and things. When you hand over that money and obviously the club are out you know, buying these young guys like young Scottish youth internationalists and stuff like that, what does that mean to you when you obviously see these kids coming in and you know that a fee is being paid for them and things like that? What does that mean to you? Well, I think, you know, obviously, you know, we work on the business side down at the down at Ibrox. I think, you know, 
certainly when we pass the, the the cash over if you like that's that's where my involvement yeah. stops if you like you know obviously i have i have no involvement and it shouldn't be you know i'm not a football person so it sh i shouldn't really have any say involvement um uh, you know and you know when it's over to craig and his you know his team to kind of choose who to buy you know i think we can all say that we're, we're, we're doing that, that that process if you like is working really well i mean my role really is just to, you know, with my team to to raise as as much funding as we possibly can. Um, it's been it's been certainly been a challenge over the past sort of like year and a half, I guess. Um, but you know, we're doing okay and we're kind of hanging on in there. Um, the more the more funding we can we can give to the academy, then um, obviously the more Craig can actually do with it. Whether that's you know purchasing new players, whether that's buying new equipment, whether it's hiring new coaches, that's obviously up to Craig to do something. You know, so I I, I just satisfy myself that the more we give, the the more we are helping, if you like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I and I think that's 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 kind of the, the the icing on the cake, if you think, for us. You know, we 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 do what we do, and we love to give the money over, but we always. We always take a lot of joy. Certainly, for example, we mentioned Nathan earlier. You know, to see Nathan come through and know that we we played sort of like yeah. that that part, and Nathan getting through to the first team. That's um, that that's kind of our, our praise and our, what we you know when I say to my staff, you know, they think I'm mad at times. I think you know, so I say, but you know, you you played your little part in that, you know. So and and it's a fact, you know, without without finance and, and any walk of life, you know, things don't happen. So um, it is, it's really the, the role of RYDC through Rangers Lotto and the halftime draw and stadium bricks and a Rangers quiz, et cetera, and scratch cars and draws raffles, et cetera. You know, so through the, the profits from doing all of that, you know, and handing it across to, to Craig uh, and his team, that, that's, that's our joy every year, you know, and our challenge, if you like, to try and, try and improve on, on the previous year's funding, you know. So, and in my time, you know, I'm, I'm quite, quite pleased, I guess, and, and an element of pride in that, you know, it's over, it's about nine and a half million pounds we've, we've given over to the academy. As well as, and, and I think this is important as well, we've also we've also given away, I think it's about ten and a half million pounds in prize money to, to Rangers fans. You know, so collectively roughly 20 million we've, we've kind of given to, if you like, the Rangers family, you know, nine and a half to the academy, you know, ten and a half in, in, in prize money to, to Rangers mm -hmm. fans. And, and I think that you know that's that's kind of important as well, you know, to know that we're actually giving back to uh, to, to fans, you know, who are playing our games and buying tickets for whatever, um, and they can benefit as well, you know. So um, I like to think we're doing some doing some good, you know. Yeah, I think the big thing for me. I mean, I know me obviously quite a few discussions, obviously in your office a few times about things mm -hmm. and speaking to Craig. See, like, obviously, the summer before when we got Charlie Lindsay, that was a big deal in a lot of people's eyes, you know, the fact that Rangers were yeah. able to go and get him. So clearly yeah. the money that you managed to bring in through, like, the Lotto, the Bricks, I mean, that's the kind of player that Rangers can afford to bring in now because of, you know, the funding that the club gets from yourself. And to me, that's important that people understand that as well. Clearly, we would love everybody to come into the academy eight or nine years old and they could develop mm -hmm. into the first team. But I think, as we spoke about earlier on, you'll always need to add players here or there. Yeah. It's just the nature yeah. of the game. I mean, obviously, Josh McPay came in for Hibs. You know, Josh mm -hmm. wasn't at Rangers from nine, yeah. ten years old. You know, we added Josh further down the line. We've added James Maxwell further down the line. Yeah. So that's yeah. where this money becomes important. And obviously, yeah. Tony Weston's come in for Blackpool, James Graham for Ross County. So mm -hmm. you do need to have like the funds available to go and get these guys. Yes, it is nominal fees at times. 
But at the end of the day, this is a budget that Craig's got to work within and this is what he's got to use. So you've got to be smart with it. So my whole big thing's always been like the more people that sign up to it, the more that we can go and do as a club. You know, we can do more trips, we can sign more players, we can do more as as an academy in terms of the best versus best games. I thoroughly enjoyed those. And I know some of the funding for that obviously came, you know, from yourself as well in terms of the money that was passed over. And I think that's one thing maybe that supporters who are watching these should understand that, you know, the money's not just for one thing. It's for a multitude of things. It's literally to go towards so many different things that the actual academy runs with. Yeah. And I know speaking to, you know, Craig and Greg and Craig a few times, you know, every penny is valuable because yeah. there's so, yeah. so much that can get done with that money. It's, I mean, it's true. You know, when I, when I first joined, uh, you know, our funding um, went to the, just the club and, yeah. it, and it just kind of was swallowed up, I guess, you know, in day-to-day costs and running and whatever. And, I, and I'd, I'd said at the time, you know, we were, we were giving across, I think it was about half a million pounds a year. And, I, and I'd said... Look, where does this money go? What what can we pin it on? And they said, oh, it, it just does this, that. It just maybe paints the stairs and it does that. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that that's maybe maybe a, a change there, sort of thing. So yeah. going to be back then, you know, and, and you know, I had a chat. Dick Advocat was the manager at the time, and it was a whole old Dutch squad were up there at the time, you know, and and um, uh, Jan Derks was in charge, and, and you know, John Gregg was involved. Actually, Tom McLean was involved at the time as well, and. I remember having a meeting and we said, you know, at the time, I said, look, you know, we're, we're thinking of um, of changing the direction of our funding to just sort of general maintenance, I guess, at the club to the academy. Uh, and, you know, what what benefits would that give to, to the academy? And Jan Derks, to be fair to him, you know, he, he got it right away. And, and obviously, Greg, he did, of course. And, and that, that's what, I mean, that must be about 18 years ago now, you know, and we, we kind of saw the benefit. Of, of of transferring the, co- the the money across the profits over to the academy and I, and I think if you looked at the academy then and, and versus where it is now and that's why I was saying earlier on you know what, what what Craig's been able to do um it is it is a different animal it's apples and pears it's it's night and day sort of thing you know and which is great and and, and yeah we you know I, I can't say Craig would have to say that to be fair um you know where exactly the money has gone because I mean you go up there now and as I say it just looks like a professional or operation you know there's physios masters we've got their own doctor there's there's a lot going on there's a lot of coaches there's forever someone walking past me that I've never seen before because yeah, it's just been recruited right. because we've got the funds to do that um, and that's as it should be the Rangers Football Club and that's, as it, that's how it should be you know it's a professionally run setup at the academy and I'm quite proud of it to be honest with you and I'm quite proud that we've got a part to play in it you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, the more we can give and it's a push every year for us to, to do what we can do. Certainly it's been a, it's been a challenge. We probably lost about £2,000 a week, to be honest with you. And um, people being furloughed at the job sort of thing, you know, it's, there's not a lot they can do about it, you know. So it, it's a constant challenge. And I, I know and it's, a, and it's a pressure that sometimes keeps me awake at night. Um, if we, you know, if we drop that funding to Craig, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean for the academy? Does that mean that, that bit there stops or this bit there can't happen or, or God forbid that person, that coach has to go because I haven't given enough money across? Yeah. So it's, it's a, 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 to be honest, it's a serious drive that keeps us going, you know, um, without the fans, <clears throat> excuse me, and the fans funding. 
um, just wouldn't happen to be honest with you, you know. So fingers crossed that once we, you know, we get the fans back in the stadium, etc., we can start to to recover some of that that lost funding, you know. So uh, we we we've just recently launched uh, Rangers quizzes, which to be fair, you know, the idea of it. Um, I was filling up a skip. I was in the garden one day and I was filling up a skip. I thought, I know what we need. Everyone was doing quizzes during lockdown, you know. So we started the Rangers quizzes, but to be blunt, we're not getting enough people playing them just now um, because they were designed purely for big screens on match day. So you imagine 51,000 people and there's a quiz that literally lasts four minutes. It's fast and furious and it's all Rangers quiz. It's great. Um, so it's a half-time quiz. It's all day long. It's a half-time quiz, you know. So, but what we need is we need the games back. We need fans back yeah, so that we can actually play and benefit and actually start to bring that money in, so that I can give Craig as much money as we possibly can because that's that's our role, you know. As I say, I, mean, I know we're talking about all the the, the kids and how they're doing, etc. That's that, these are my personal views, not my kind of mm. RYDC view because that's yeah, not my role. Um, but I love talking about it because I'm a Rangers fan, you know. So. But certainly on a on a on a business side, my role is to bring in as much money as possible, and it's been it's been hard over the past year. There's no question, a year and a half, you know. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we can we can start to get the some people back playing Rangers Lotto, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to get some cash in, so we can give it to Craig yeah. and Craig can continue to find more Nathan Pattersons and etc. You know, so it's uh, it's a direct correlation, to be honest with you, with the money we give and how well the academy is actually doing. No, we'll certainly stick all the links below this pod when it goes out and we'll put some of them on Twitter and anywhere else that we can put them all out to try and push that because at the end of the day, you know, the more money the club gets, the better it is for the academy, the better it is for the young players coming through and the betterment for Rangers as a football club in general, really. So to me, it's a no-brainer, you know, and it's certainly something that I'm passionate about a bit like yourself, so we'll certainly keep pushing that. On to the last... The last little bit we're going to chat about is you're obviously a director of the former Players Benevolent Club. Um, what is it that actually means to you and what is it that actually does for ex-players, Colin? That, that, do you know, that's um, a, a role I've got at the club that um, I'm quite proud of, to be honest with you. You know, John came to see me one and I'd known John for, for quite a few years because John Gregg is very passionate about youth development, you know, and... and very early on, you know, when I mentioned there that we had a meeting with Jan Dirks, John was, he was sat beside me that day. And from then on, that's 18 years ago, John and I have been quite close in terms of youth. He loves it. He's now a director of RYDC. You know, John's a director and, uh, and keeps up to date with how things are going. And uh, John came to see me one day and, uh, you know, the Rangers Former Players Benevolent Club is a charity. It was formed by the late, great Sandy um, and Colin Jackson, Bomber Jackson. Uh, John and Peter McCloy, so the four four Barca heroes, uh, started the the charity because they saw a need, I think, um, to help and support a, a lot of players who, who let's let's be blunt, did not earn money playing football. Yeah. You know, if you go 50s, 60s, 70s, early 80s, to be honest, um, those players had to had to get jobs. When I mean. You know, I'm not pouring my heart out here, but you know, because footballers are blessed, if you like. But they, they had to get jobs back then when they finished. I mean, we, you know, some of the Barcelona team, you know, had to go and work. You know, and it's and it's crazy to actually think that players who won a European trophy and played in front of you know a hundred thousand fans, you know, had to go and work. You know, but it's a fact. You know, it's a fact. I, I remember Wee Willie telling me that he said, you know, son, he said the. Uh, 
He says, I knew that when I ran out there, sometimes if there was a guy in the, in the, in the crowd, 80,000, he says, I knew if there was a guy there, he was a foreman in one of those shipyards. He says, and he had some overtime that weekend. He earned more money than I did. He says, and I'm playing here. I'm a Scotland international playing in front of 80,000 people. And that boy who battered rivets into a ship earned more money than me. And it, but that was a fact of life, you know. So so the, the, the former Players Benevolent Club was was launched to, to kind of help and aid Mostly, to be honest, mostly medical. Um, you know, for some of the some of the boys who, who, as we speak now, are in their seventies and eighties, and let's be honest, you know that we're all falling apart at, you know, at a certain age. You know, so what we do is we we help um, a lot of the boys. You know, I mean, it's it, it, it's no secret because it's it's been out there that we help with um, you know a bit morbid, but we help with funeral costs for a lot of players. You know, Fernando and a few others. Um, we help with, um, you know, some of the boys are, you know, I spoke to some, one of the Barca guys recently, I wouldn't name it, it wasn't John, one of the guys recently, and I said, how are you doing? And he says, I'm falling apart. And I said, what is it? He says, knees, elbows, you name it, hips, everything. You know, so it's just, he says, it goes back to the day where if you complained to the physio or the manager, you were sore, they just stuck a needle in you, you know, right, get out and carry on playing. He says, so it's that combination of all these injections that they had in the sort of sixties and seventies, it comes home to roost if you like. So so what we do is we um we're a charity. We 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 trust I think the fans to to believe you know, kinda we, we can't really telegraph what we're doing, you know, because a lot of the a lot of what we're doing is we're maybe helping someone out who has who has who has cancer, for example. We're maybe helping someone out who has to go into hospital for a for for a, for an operation. We we can't tell people that, you know, it's it's all very personal. So and they're all household names, to be honest with you. You know, you know. So um, we rely on fan donations, uh, which has been obviously been difficult recently because a lot of um, supporters clubs, for example, would have a function and, yeah. and and send us a donation. Well, none of that's happening just now. You know, maybe maybe a pub would have a donation, and they would. You know, none of that's happening just now. So it's it's been quite difficult for for the, the former players benevolent club just now. But but you know what? We're we're still there. We're still you know we still. I spoke to John the other day and Peter the other day about helping out one of our, our former players who potentially needs a new hip, for example. You know, so that that's the kind of stuff that we do. You know, but it, for me personally, you know, it's, uh, I'm helping out guys that I I kind of grew up. I grew up my I was kind of at the age. 12, 13, 14 in Barcelona, I was 12 at Barcelona, but during the kind of mid-70s when we won two trebles, you know, Greggy and Sandy and, you know, we Doddy and, and, and DJ and these guys, I'm now working with these guys and helping them and, you know, and it's and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a dream to be honest with you, to be helping guys that, that you actually, you know, uh, watched and, and, and idolised to be honest with you, you know, and I've got all their phone numbers on this, this phone sitting here, you know, and every time it rings and John Gregg comes up. I, I immediately take a step back and think, oh, John Gregg's <laughs> phoning me, and he's phoned me a hundred times. Well, he's phoned me a hundred times, but I still think oh, it's John Gregg, you know. Then, okay. you know, so but that will never change, you know. So because um, they are, they they don't see themselves that way, but they are legends, you know. They are, and you know, the, the Rangers former players benevolent club is is kind of our charity where we we look after the the the, the players who gave us so much joy. You know, the majority of them are on that that Hall of Fame board. You know, and um, they're, they're guys who, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, didn't didn't earn a, a, a lot of money, and and now needs uh, now need our help. You know, so that's that's roughly what the former players benevolent club do. I could talk all day about it, all, all night about it, but it's uh, 
but it's a, a really worthwhile charity, I think, and um, because it's, uh, as I say, we're helping out uh, mostly medical experiences with with some of the guys that, that we idolised and watched, you know, so um, I love doing that, actually, it's great. So how can supporters actually help out, you know, sort of can they go onto a website or do they need to go to somewhere in particular to look at this or, or to give a, you know, a sort of donation or a direct debit list, where can they go to do that, Colin? Well, certainly, for you know, if we if we do the RYDC first, um, right. you, you can do all of that with uh, rydc.co.uk, rydc.co.uk. Um, if anyone wants to email us, um, rydc at rangers.co.uk, uh, you can you can email us and we can talk to you. Oh one four one four two seven four nine one four. But certainly, the website is probably the first port of call. rydc.co.uk. That's the first port of call. In terms of the the former players benevolent club, it's the it's the if you imagine the letters Rangers former players benevolent club, so rfpbc.org. So that's .org. Rangers, you imagine the letters rfpbc.org, and there's a donate button on there. I mean, if you've got five pounds to give us, fantastic, that would be super. And we're actually starting to build that website up. So each week, we're um we're 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 doing a series of Q and As with a lot of former players. I mean, last week we did uh, Big Lorenzo. Uh, right. We phoned Lorenzo out, out in uh, Florence. Super. So that's that's going on. I think that may be on now. Actually, the site. So you can you can read these Q and As. We did um, Arthur Newman. Um, we did Big George Alberts as well. So we've right. got another a pile of them all lined up. Um, we put um, Graham Smith on the other day as well. That's Smitty's on there the other day. So uh, fans can go in there, you know, and, and read some of the Q and As from some of our, our great players. And uh, and it's just a it's just a different side from the club, you know. It's not the current players, you know, but it is it is players that you know of a certain age, you know. Uh, you know, some like my, my son, for example, never saw Amoruso or, or Arthur Newman or you know the or Alberts, for example. You know, he never he never had the joy of watching, you know, hearing that thud when the when uh, George hit that ball, you know that. So you, you know, some all of us who have a certain age who saw these guys, you know, I think we're doing Michael Mills quite soon, you know. Uh, go go onto the the former players website yeah. and uh, and read some of the Q and As you know so uh, and leave us five pound if you're able to we'll appreciate that. No, that's great, Colin. Thanks very much for giving up so much of your time tonight to come on. Oh, you're the very board. welcome. Uh, hopefully, we can help in some way further down the line. Um, also, try to put as much on the website. We're going to have a new Rangers Rabble website up, so we'll put all the links on there. We'll put them on the bottom of this pod as well. So when it comes out, hopefully, people can donate and help as much That's as they great. can but just like you said earlier you know it's a really difficult time for a lot of people and we totally yeah, sure. understand yeah, yeah. that not everybody's got the money but any donation whether it's to the lotto to the bricks whether it's to you know the benevolent club in some capacity it's all going to a good cause and hopefully you know it goes to help people that really need it especially guys as you pointed out earlier and and a lot of us you know the legends i mean i grew up with yeah. my dad talking about these guys and you know Certainly, I mean, um, I never really got to see any of them play, unfortunately. I was only born in 1982, but my dad certainly told me enough that I certainly, you know, know enough about these guys without having seen them in action. I certainly grew up adoring them and loving them as much as I do the players from the 1990s and the thousands. So yeah. hopefully we can help in some way. But thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. And thank you for inviting me on any time. Thanks, Colin. Thanks to everybody who's listened in tonight. I say if you can help in any way, shape or form, we'll put all the links down below. And I'm sure Colin will really appreciate it as well as all the ex-players and anybody at the academy as well. Thank you very much. Bye. 
Social Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.